0: my bungalow hold on to your butt well we're back
1: hello and welcome to the 24th episode of the jurassic park podcast i'm your host brad jost and we're here to discuss all things jurassic park A few things before we get started. We've been doing some awesome work behind the scenes to line up some great interviews for you for the next few weeks. I'm really excited to get them to you because I think you'll all really enjoy them. I also wanted to mention at the top of the show, if you haven't already, go give us a review on iTunes because it helps us tremendously in the iTunes rankings and makes it easier for great people within the community to find us. And for another quick favor, maybe you can go give us a follow over on Twitter, we do most of our work there, and our handle is at Jurassic Park Pod. Now, in this episode, we have some interesting news and a great chat with Jennifer Tarek about the target exclusive version of the Jurassic World DVD. So why don't we get into things here with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world.
0: 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access made program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but
1: look. Boy, I hate being right all the time. But today, I got to see it. A T-Rex bone found in Wyoming strongly suggests that the dinosaur was a cannibal. According to the Washington Post... The bone was discovered with deep grooves, comparing it to the eating habits of humans and how we eat chicken off the bone. Now they seem to believe it was another theropod, and the teeth marks found on the bone highly suggest that the marks came from a T-Rex. It seems very clear to the researchers due to the fact that no other theropods have been found in that area, only the Rex. So I wonder, does this change the way you think about the T-Rex? Well, not in my mind at least. I just have this vision that the T-Rex was the baddest creature in the past and would eat whatever got in its way. What do you think? It's an interesting find for the king to be gnawing on its own, right? So we all know Jurassic World plowed through its initial run in the theaters, continued to hit it out of the park for IMAX release, apparently is still making money in the theaters somehow 22 weeks later, and is also becoming one of the biggest DVD sellers of all time, and can now add the number one debut for its on-demand release as well. Examiner.com picked up the story, showing that Jurassic World beat out San Andreas, Tomorrowland, Spy, and Avengers Age of Ultron. It's great to see Jurassic World owning the market in all possible areas. Another congrats to Universal on the success. An Ornithomimus was discovered by a paleontology student from the University of Alberta. Now this is a huge find because they found that it came with preserved tail feathers and soft tissue. Now if you don't know, an Ornithomimus looks essentially like an ostrich or an emu. And this find helps to cement their evolutionary connection. The dinosaur is similar to the ostrich in which it has feathers on its body and bare skin from the underside down through its legs, all of which help to regulate the body temperature of the creature. This is only one of three ornithomimus found in the world with feathers, and it's helping to bridge the gap with what we know about their body temperature regulation, how they looked, and how they evolved. It's an awesome find, and I can't wait to see what other news it brings in the future. I've posted a link in the show notes to the full story. (laughs) Recently, Jurassic World stars Nick Robinson and Ty Simpkins were interviewed and made mention that the Apatosaurus was the last animatronic dinosaur we'd see within the Jurassic franchise. Of course, this caused huge uproar in the community with many seeming to fall off the bandwagon or somehow applaud the decision. Now to me, it just sounded like Nick Robinson was just kind of talking out of place without any true knowledge of what is to come. And Colin Trevorrow has pretty much come forward to dispel any rumors. So while answering tons of fan questions on Twitter, Colin came to the rescue with his answer to a tweet. At JPLover2002 questioned, Why no animatronics? in all caps. And Colin answered quickly, where do you get this stuff? Which basically calls out the question as nonsense. Now, thanks a ton to JPLover2002 for getting the question through. Also on Twitter, at Alice Wright85 said, No animatronics in JW2. Good job on ignoring the fans' biggest gripe about Jurassic World. You've officially sold out. Shame on you. To which Colin responded, Animatronics are part of the JP legacy. I've never said we wouldn't use them again. Not once. You seem nice. And to me that seems like the most positive response yet, and I love the tongue-in-cheek ending he gave to that question. It's a shame that stories like this pop up out of nowhere and caused the director so much pain and agony to defend himself. I think people need to really start using the hashtag Trust in Colin, like many of us do in the community. Speaking of animatronics, in West Palm Beach, the South Florida Science Center and Aquarium debuted a new traveling exhibit, Dinosaurs Around the World. From now until April 16th, you can go and visit with 13 life size dinosaur animatronics. The exhibit gives visitors the ability to see what these creatures looked like, especially since some of them have changed since their original perceptions. The museum is now host to many other fossils, casts, and loads of information. Check out the link in our show notes to find more information about the exhibit. If you get a chance to go, report back to us and let us know how it looks.
0: This is Tom, this is Jake, and this is Travis, and we are the Drunken Dork Podcast.
1: Tune in every week and listen to us discuss the finer points on superheroes, the latest pop culture news, as well as all of our favorite moves. You can listen to us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or the Stitcher app for Android. And be sure to catch up on all of our episodes by visiting us over at www.drunkendorkpodcast.wordpress.com.
0: And remember folks, you have one liver, ruin it well.
1: Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center, where Jennifer Tarek will join me to discuss the Target exclusives for the Jurassic World DVD. So last week I gave everybody my breakdown of the Jurassic World Blu-ray DVD with the special features and everything. And I found that they were they were good, but they were a little disappointing. Um, so this week I brought in Jennifer Tarek to discuss the Target exclusives because there was a whole different set of uh, exclusive content there. So uh, I just wanted to find out what you think. So uh, how did you like all that stuff?
0: I love the Target exclusives. There's six of them. And if you total them all up, it's 43 extra minutes. I think it was advertised at maybe around 30, but It comes to about 43 minutes, and I think that's pretty substantial compared to what you'd get on the DVD. The Blu-ray was pretty cool, though. Like, those features are pretty good. Yeah, you
1: know, they were good. I liked what was there, but I feel like there could have been so much more.
0: Yeah, which is why I think these Target features, they kind of dive in further than what the Blu-ray or DVD did. Like, they focus on the details and specific elements, like sound and the effects in a sense and jurassic park on it, on its own i mean it really delves deeper i think into the details so yeah. um if you want i guess we could just list them off and talk sure. a little about a bit about each one of them uh the first i don't know the order they're on in the disc but the one first one i have on my list is the classic jurassic one and that's mm-hmm. seven and a half minutes so already that's pretty good size and it's really everything we've seen I just said about the details and it's like the first one that's not about the details, but it's about <laughs> the, the cast just you know talking about the first movie and their experience and and we've seen that before several times. Some of them mentioned their favorite scenes and such, but it did go through the people who worked on both the previous movies and this one, so that was kind of cool again, we've seen that before. But it was it was a nice little feature to put that all together, and and yeah, that that was good. Seven and a half minutes of that, so that, that's cute and it's fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's always good to see what the people now think of what came before them. So I really enjoy that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, it throws so much nostalgia at you because it it has the clips from the. It really focuses on the original one, and it even has Steven Spielberg in there as well with Colin talking about it. So that that was that was pretty nice to see. Yeah, but it's a nice intro. Because the next one I have on here. Is probably one of my favorites. If not my favorite. And it's the gyrosphere. Building the gyrosphere. That was amazing. It, it reminded me of the video they showed. Of um, making the Apatosaurus. The animatronic. Mm-hmm. It was that kind of detail. And that kind of work. To make these gyrospheres. It was amazing I thought. And that that's four and a half minutes. So it's not super long. But it's really detailed. And um, it even to the point of where they said Steven Spielberg wanted to put a set of lights inside of it in case they the guests ride it at night or something. Like, it's that detailed.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I little I really like that aspect of it, when they just, like, uh, they didn't know what else to do, so they just put these lights, like, right up on the front. It's pretty awesome how they can uh, integrate pretty much whatever the director or the producers want.
0: Yeah, I mean, I never even noticed that before. but And most people probably don't, so that's pretty cool. And it's crazy... The engineering that went into it because it not only had to be like a ride that could go today, but they had actually put people in it. It just wasn't a model that they CGI or that they even CGI people in or whatever. P- like, the two boys actually had to sit in it. It had yeah. to ride. It had to go on a track. That was amazing. Like The engineering blew my mind watching this. That was... Yeah fantastic
1: yeah the normal blu-ray disc actually talked a little bit about it but it didn't dive deep into how it was made like in in this version you get to see um like the the warehouse or wherever they built these machines and it's really cool to see them all lined up there in the background
0: and they they even said that they made three of them um two for hawaii and one for louisiana so that was that was neat and they also said they were going to originally be in multiple colors like bumper yeah, cars or something right. each car's a different color so that's kind of neat but they all went with blue of
1: course yeah i'm kind of glad they went with the blue kind of keep it uniform even though if if they had gone with different colors it still would have been in a typical theme park uh you know scene there you always see different rides with all kinds of different colors and cars so it would have fit as well
0: yeah i don't know i kind of i like the colors because it is very theme parky to make them
1: Colors. oh definitely Especially. yeah i know whenever i go to a theme park and i see the colors coming by and i'm kind of like counting how many cars are left until i get there and i'm like which one am <laughs> yeah. i gonna get am i gonna get the blue one the purple one the red one
0: yeah i know <laughs> please, I... please
1: don't get the pink one please
0: uh, I, I want the pink one There <laughs> go. but um so yeah that's a really cool that might even be one of my favorites because the detail and the work individual work that went into sculpting and sanding and painting and they had a person for each thing Them, that, that's amazing so
1: yeah and like you said it's only four something minutes long but mm-hmm. it really does dive deep into it and it's definitely one of the better uh features that are on the target uh exclusive there so yeah
0: and so then we jump to the next one which is the jimmy fallon one
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is cute um it's not as amazing as the gyrosphere but you get a couple interesting things out of it like you you could see all the different takes that he did and the ways the one the one that they chose from the takes and a couple of them had him hit in the glass with a hammer instead of the (laughs) bullet so i mean they get some cool things but it's really quick it's two and a half minutes it's
1: really really
0: it's fun though
1: yeah uh what i liked about that one was the fact that they brought up that they actually filmed that on the Saturday night live set in new york I thought that was a really cool aspect because when you're watching that in the movie, you have no concept of where it was filmed. Uh, I just assume it was on some regular, you know, soundstage, but it was actually filmed in New York at Saturday Night Live. So that's really cool. Yeah,
0: that's right. Boy, this this movie was all over the place. Yeah, it really was. All over. <laughs> um, the next one is also really cool. Is the Jurassic props? That's mm-hmm. ten minutes long, and you get every possible detail i mean to the cups and so they were talking about how they they made dino themed strollers for the extras to push around and the the little they re-sculpted the dinosaur lids that go on top of the cups because i I guess they had them from previous films yeah yeah and so they re-sculpted them for this one and i want one of those by the way so (laughs) and um the detail of the, the the prototype toys from the the Jurassic with the Jurassic World packaging all on shelves. That's ridiculous. The <laughs> effort to make that detail.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. This one really has a lot to 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 watch here because it goes from not just like small things that you don't really notice, but even bigger things throughout the movie that play a prominent part. Um, sort of like. Um, Chris Pratt's gun or the the goggles from the uh, original movie—they they cover all all that stuff. So it's it's really cool yeah. to see that.
0: They were from the original movie. Can we just for a moment? That's amazing because they <laughs> had to dirty it up and stuff. But those are the, the last surviving. I, I, amazing. Oh, another really cool thing: how they had the name tags and they had people have their favorite dinosaur under their name tag because universal studios has their favorite favorite movie that was cute touch like no one will know that no not at all you
1: probably like can you really even see that in the movie i don't feel like there's an instance where you see somebody's name tag that close
0: no i'm probably not i never would have known but that's that's really awesome and i want to read all the name tags i want (laughs) to see like who's what dinosaurs they have on there.
1: I know. There was a lot of employees, like, just roaming around, and I guess they all had their own individual dinosaur on there, so that that would have been cool to see them all.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, um, yeah, you, we already talked about the guns, how some of them are made out of rubber, and Nelson's yeah. book cover, um, and then the, all the lab reptiles. That was, that was neat to see up close. Yeah,
1: Probably it really was, because you don't think about that. You... You just see all these animals or reptiles just in these little cages and, and you don't think that. Somebody actually has to bring each and every one of those those fish or reptiles, whatever they had in there. It's pretty uh, pretty awesome.
0: And they're props. I didn't think of that. But yeah, I guess they kind of <laughs> are. I mean, that's really yeah. neat. So that's 10 minutes of quality detailed materials. I like that one too. That might be my second favorite one.
1: Yeah, that is good. You know, 10 minutes, it doesn't seem that long, but they fit a lot of stuff in there and they really cover... Pretty much everything you'd want for for props, at least. Um, I think one of my favorites actually was Chris Pratt's gun because they had so many different models of it. And like you said, that rubber version, it's just awesome that they have one. Looks like exactly the same, but you can basically bash it over somebody's head and they'd be fine.
0: (laughs) and the one the one claire shot they completely custom made that one and put like a nitrogen piston oh, in it yeah. to shoot multiple times because they said that what there is no it doesn't exist the tranquilizer right. that continuously shoots doesn't exist yeah so they had to make it
1: yeah those that things were cool. really awesome
0: see all this in about 10 minutes it's uh-huh. wonderful
1: yeah it's, um it's the next
0: the next one is eh, it's the experts it's the one with Jack Horner and Phil Tippett and half of it's talking about the paleontology side and to make the dinosaurs look accurate and the other one is talking about the behavioral side and make them act like animals so it's cool it's five and a half minutes and eh. just watch it once and move on in my opinion yeah.
1: Well, you know what I think the problem is, like this one, like you said, five and a half minutes, but I feel like half of the video is either clips from the old films or clips from Jurassic World. And I think that's a big problem with all these these uh behind the scenes is there's just so many clips from the films that it really I feel like I just want to see behind the scenes. I don't want to see what we've already seen. So yeah. that, this one definitely had that a lot.
0: I totally agree. I did notice that in a lot of even the classic Jurassic one I mean that was just basically the whole movie I don't care again yeah we've seen the movie we want to see all the the extra filming and the filming of the filming and all the b-roll stuff and all the takes different takes I would love to see all those different takes yeah definitely different
1: takes and, and outtakes and all that stuff those are some of the most fun things to watch
0: 'Cause they'll show it like real quick and then they'll go cut away to another mm-hmm. one or cut away to a clip. And I'm thinking no, go back. I wanna yeah. see that. Yeah, let's see the, the rest. rest just I wanna sh- see like twenty hours of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just every take from, from the entire film.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll watch it. I'll watch them just i fi- I'll watch them film the whole thing. That's yeah,
1: you're right. I probably would too.
0: <laughs> you know, maybe they think that's boring. Maybe they think people aren't interested in that or they constantly need like Flashing images and new footage or something I don't yeah. know
1: well, I think it's kind of the syndrome that most films go through nowadays. Jurassic world included that it has to be flashy, it has to have a ton of action, and it has to have like everything in front of you right there, unlike older films where they took their time, they paced everything out, they had longer conversations, sometimes really nothing ever happened, like if you think of the original Jurassic Park. There were times when it was just a conversation or just a, a speech or, you know, something like that. And things that would, you, would, you would sort of deem boring today. But yeah. that's kind of what I want to see in these behind the scenes. Even that, that boring stuff that maybe people would be like, oh, this is kind of lame. But, you know, us like huge fans would love to see each and every intricate detail that went into it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely every really, I mean there's so much gold probably that they have on film that they're just not releasing that yeah. they're like, "Oh, that's nothing, but to us it's everything <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and with this, the experts, these are the guys you want to hear from, you know, like you want to hear fifteen to thirty minutes worth of uh content from these guys
0: yeah, I mean, the details they could provide would be amazing, and just more on scene on set. Footage. Yeah. They had a little bit, but ugh. Oh, so much they're keeping from us. Of course. Okay. But um the last one, is that the last one? Yeah. I, wow. I think so, okay. yeah. Number six, um, is a really cool one and the longest one is thirteen minutes and it's the sounds and the fury. Half of it is the dinosaur noises and how they created that, and the other half is the score, which is beautiful and i think it's pretty evenly half and half as well and they explained how they went out got all new sounds and and that's a lot of hard work too because the way the the guy i don't even i don't know who his name was but the way he was explaining it he he really really take care in what they do each person has a specific job and they really take a lot of care and time and effort into their specific job and now i want to listen to the sounds like more because I feel bad that it it's just kind of taken for granted in a way because he sen- seems like he really worked hard on this to get the yeah. right sounds and put them together and and I that's why these features are so important especially this one because this guy you never even think about it but he went out and he got all of this and he he said how what animals are I mean the Indominus is actually made up of monkeys is that kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That struck out a little yeah.
1: bit to me. You don't necessarily think of them as, you know, as a terrifying as the Indominus, but they can make some pretty brutal sounds.
0: Yeah, it's like made up of six monkeys, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit of other stuff, but yeah, mainly monkeys are on that list. Different types. Now it's kind of—I never even think of that. That
1: was it, cool. It's really crazy how they do it. They go out in. You know, they they have their fluffy microphone that they put in front of lions or walrus or, or foxes or, or even for the machinery and stuff like that throughout the film. They got to capture all these sounds, but with the with the dinosaurs specifically, they have to layer all these things. So, you know, it could be like you said, a bunch of monkeys or whales or anything, and they have to layer them and make sure they sound just right. So, it's really impressive to to think about how they come to that conclusion as to what is the best sound for this dinosaur. You know? Yeah,
0: and I believe... It's crazy. He said the Mosasaurus is only a walrus, a pilot whale, and a beluga whale. And, like, that's it. It's all mushed together. Yeah. Different levels.
1: Yeah. um, Kind of neat. It's just, like, super impressive. And, uh, like, it actually looks really fun. (laughs) I don't know, like, if you got that (laughs) impression, but... When they're when they're sitting there in these environments just recording, and some of the times they actually have to do some pretty ridiculous things. So, like for instance, they, they have to do all the fully, like the, the noises throughout the film, not just the dinosaurs or the, the machines. They actually have to do like footsteps, like talking and all this stuff in the background that you don't actually really pay attention to that much. But if it was missing, Yeah, it would be I a never big would deal.
0: have thought about that they needed voice actors to represent the crowd. Like, oh, I never yeah. would have even thought of that.
1: Yeah, that was really interesting, just seeing everybody in that room just screaming.
0: Yeah, and I never... I didn't even think that you'd need voice actors. I mean, that's cool. that it's, The whole crowd is, like, ten people. <laughs> kind of neat. Yeah.
1: Just, like, layered again, you know, like the dinosaurs, just a bunch of people layered over and over again to sound like a giant population. It's just so impressive. This is one of the aspects that people just, you know, don't even think about while watching the movie, but so much detail and so much work goes into it. So it's great to see this behind the scenes for that.
0: Yeah, and the total chills when they're doing the score. That's of amazing. Course. I love that, that whole half with the score.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I most looked forward to for behind the scenes. And this stuff, This I don't even think... I really don't think Michael Giacchino was even in the other one at all, in the regular Blu-ray disc. So it's it's great to see what he did and the conductor and everything did to make this sound the way it does.
0: Yeah, and see, you'd never even know if you didn't watch the Target feature. There's quality stuff in this Target, Target feature. It really
1: is. And it's just, Michael Giacchino, actually, he really blows my mind because... I mean, I don't know about you, but I love this soundtrack. And I, while it, you know, it's not the original soundtrack. The original soundtrack is a, is a thing on its own. But this one is is really comparative. I think it's it's just so great. And the fact that he did this, along with Tomorrowland and Inside Out and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and you know, it's just incredible that he did all those this year. <laughs> or or not maybe not this year but leading up to this year all these films yeah. were released like it's just so crazy they that he has this much time and this much um skill and and he can create all those notes i just i this is one of the most things i find impressive
0: i know out of nowhere i mean i think at one point of the feature he said how yesterday this didn't exist and now all of this exists and it, it he totally created it out of thin air and it's amazing yeah I love that
1: yeah these guys are some of the most impressive in the business and you know whether they're creating their music digitally like writing it all out ahead of time or like John Williams who just kind of hand writes it all out it's you know both both versions are so spectacular and I love to see them like in this video particularly they, they actually do like the nice piano theme and it's just so cool to watch somebody actually playing that you know, cause yeah. you don't get that on an album. You just you just hear it. You don't see the guy, like, really giving it his all.
0: The original guy, like, that's the one that recorded it. And the the choir and those, um, the orchestra, I mean, those are people that are on the soundtrack. Yeah. So that's really awesome, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was really glad to hear that. I mean, I knew, you know, just from listening, you can sort of hear it, but you might not be able to pick it out if you're not too uh, in tune with it. But the, the choir is is so imperative to Jurassic Park, I think, because yeah. it goes back to the original score. There, there was so much choir work in there, and it was very haunting and, and uh, you know, kind of um, joyous and triumphant. So it's great to hear them back in here and actually see them working, and, you know, they actually look really into it.
0: Yeah, oh geez, that choir! I know because when I'm in the car, I play my iPod sometimes, especially on long trips. And if I'm traveling with a friend or whatever, and the Jurassic Park comes on, I'm a I'm a mess for one. But then <laughs> whenever the choir comes on, you can, she'll attest to it. I'm like the choir, the choir, I can't do it. Like yeah. that is just so powerful that you notice the choir. And I'm so glad they brought them back. Yeah, this. like in They're the very uh, important
1: the opening title for the movie like the choir is 100% necessary for that scene because it gives you that haunting, like scary vibe that, that that egg hatching scene was going for. And the choir is just so important to that. So it's great to see them working. And I hope they keep them around, you know, for, for the all the uh, films to come.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was great. These features are good. I, again, I wish they lasted longer. I'll take days worth. That's totally fine. <laughs> I want so much yeah. of it
1: i know uh i I highly expect you know multiple versions of this d v d down the road you know when you know they'll have an extended version of something they'll they'll release that and then when the next film comes out, they'll release a whole nother package, and then when the final you know of the the new trilogy comes out, they'll release another one, so <laughs> we're gonna get multiple versions you know like Star Wars I don't think will ever stop releasing dvds and pretty much everybody buys them every time so yeah they the never same gonna, goes for this
0: never gonna stop getting my money ever yeah. i'm a slave they, they have me forever yeah.
1: and especially if they keep doing these exclusives like you know you have to buy them at certain places to get certain content which i kind of i really hate that aspect of of dvd sales but you know it helps and uh you know, you went to Target and got this one. I got the, the special edition one, which which has great stuff on it. But, you know, you can't get them all at the same place. So, it's kind I of a know. shame, but it definitely makes it you spend like more money. That.
0: Yeah, I know, I hate it that spread out. But um, if anyone doesn't have the Target exclusive and you'd like to see the Target exclusives, you can head over to YouTube and watch them on the BDH Network's YouTube page. That's awesome. where they are.
1: That's where I watched them.
0: <laughs> so if you like anything we talked about, head over there. Give us a subscribe, and all six videos are there for awesome. your enjoyment.
1: So uh, where else can anybody find you on the uh, internet?
0: Uh, you could find me at Jennifer underscore Lynn 89. And I also run the Bryce Dallas Howard Network. Yay! Announcement. Yes. And you can follow that at BDH Network. And then the YouTube page is the Bryce Dallas Howard Network, again, which has all these videos. Yeah, so
1: subscribe, definitely go watch.
0: follow. Yay. Definitely go subscribe
1: to you, follow you on YouTube and Twitter, and thank you so much for joining me this week.
0: No, thanks for having me. Always fun.
1: See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the 24th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. A huge thanks to Jennifer Tarek for joining me this week for another great segment. Make sure you go follow Jen's contributions to the Jurassic community on the internet. If you enjoyed the Target exclusives, reach out and let us know what you thought. Also, we will finally be picking the winner of the DVD giveaway, so don't forget to use the hashtag JurassicCostume to tag yourself for a chance to win. Now, if you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod, but we're also on Instagram, Tumblr, and Flickr. You can listen to us via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube. So make sure to subscribe, it means a lot. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. All the links to our web presence are in our show notes. I know I already mentioned it, but if you haven't already, please do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will seriously help us build a greater Jurassic Park fan community. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segment ideas, pictures, top tens, or comments to Jurassic Pod at gmail.com. If you would like to record something for the show, you can send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. Now, if you don't have a way to record, you can give our voicemail a call and leave us a message. The number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave
0: now. theme song I won't uh, sing it that ready, perfectly